Guys, he had a first company, raised two million bucks of equity, learned a lot going through that, shut it down, now focused on das-services.com. It's an AI training company today, but launching a SaaS product with Hub, they call it, and Das Content Manager. They'll do half a million bucks this year, combined revenue streams. Just launched it though eight weeks ago as they look to scale in 2024. We'll see what happens next. Hey folks, my guest today is Aaron Vidas. He is focused on more customers, profits, and time with AI at his company, das-services.com. Aaron, you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. What does D-A-S-S mean? Uh, well, Das is actually named after Ram Das, who's a spiritual leader in the ca- uh, counterculture movement in the 60s. Um, and his ideas of uh, you're not your thoughts have actually influenced me a lot. So name the company after him. Very cool. Okay. What's the company do? Can you tell a, you know, a customer story? Yeah. So we're an AI training company. So we help mid-market tourism, retail service businesses get more customers, profits, and time through automation. So uh, we work with, it's actually where I am right now, a luxury uh, fishing lodge in the Queen Charlotte Islands, automating their fish delivery. We work with uh, hop-on, hop-on bus, hop-on, hop-off bus tours, uh, to automate their reviews, for instance. Uh, that's a responding to reviews is a really big bugbear in the tourism business. And then we also work with real estate companies. So um, some large property developers in Vancouver have used us to figure out where to apply AI in their business. And this is everything from construction handoff to uh, est- better estimations. And then we use automation AI build those automations, and then train their companies on how to use those and then do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And is this a software company or services? Uh, it's a mixture of both. So we actually have four product offerings. We start companies usually with what, what I call the AI maximizer. Four weeks, you've got five to 10 ideas of or instances of where to use AI and automation in the business. We then transfer them to what we call DAS training, which is basically building those high ROI automations for them. And then we train them how to do it themselves if they want. And then we the reoccurring or software part uh, is two products. One's called the Hub, which is all the playbooks of how to automate and use AI in the business. And then something called DAS Content Manager, which automates. It's meant for professional service people uh, to be able to write content in an hour. It gives them all the prompts, that kind of thing. Shows them, uh, formats it for all the particular social networks like LinkedIn, Instagram. They can review it and then automatically get scheduled in Hootsuite. And Aaron, how many folks do you have paying for the SaaS part of the business today? Uh, we have eight on Desk Content Manager. The Hub has uh, four companies. Okay. And what do you charge on average for these products per month or per year? Yeah. So remember, we're in the, we're in the, a bit of the professional service game. So our AI maximizer, our fee for services are between 30K and 250K. DAS training the projects right now. We have three cust- active customers. We're at about 41500 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the content management system, I literally launched last week. Uh, so it has eight, eight people in an agency using it. So 12 total people. And that's 179 a month. Okay. So I guess $179 or $179,000? Oh, sorry, $179 per user per month. Per user per month. Okay, got it. So what would you, I mean, look, a lot of the most successful software companies start off as an agency. So I totally understand the balance between professional services and launching the SaaS. But it, but I guess if you look at, I mean, what do you think total revenue at the combined entity, the agency plus the software will be here in 2023? Uh, well, I launched the company eight weeks ago. So the 20, the uh, total revenue will sit, will sit at probably about a, just over a half million dollars. 
Okay. Um, and then the content management system is kind of the unknown one right now, where we've tested it. We've already got a waiting list of uh, 218 people. Um, mm-hmm. And right now I'm just getting getting the kinks out basically and getting testimonials for a lead page. Mm-hmm. Um, you just launched us eight weeks ago. Obviously, we're in a very interesting macroeconomic time. I believe as recently as three years ago in July of 2020, your last company, Strategy Box, announced a $2 million seed round. What happened yeah. to that company? Uh, unfortunately, we had a series of events where um, I had we had some non-payment by customers. We had a deal fall through for acquisition. Um, and it got to a point where macroeconomic climate was such where I was like, okay, well, if we continue at this rate, a, you know, the valuation exit's not going to be where any of us want to be. B, we also saw we had early access to chat GPT just because it was a data management platform and we did AI and machine learning. Um, I had a look at a lot of the functionality that we were building and investing in. And I looked at the capabilities of chat GPT and I went, well, this business is going to be usurped within a, you know, a couple of years if we continue on this path. So I shuttered it. Oh, what's going on there, YouTube? Good to see you guys. Now imagine this. You love watching these interviews with SaaS founders, but imagine if we took all of the valuation data out from over 2,807 interviews I've done manually. Saves you a lot of time. Well, we've done this. We've built it into the beautiful interface inside of FounderPath. Check this out. I'll show you how you can access this in a second, but you log in, you connect your Stripe account, you see your valuation real time, you can see what it changed over the past 88 days, and even set goals for valuation this year. Now, the secret valuation is there's many different ways to value a SaaS business. So the reason you're going to see three or four different valuations inside of your FounderPath dashboard, this is all free, by the way, is because depending on who's doing the buying of your SaaS company, you're going to get a different valuation. A VC is going to pay a different valuation. Private equity firm is different. If you're going to do a minority sale, that's different. And if you sell the whole business, that's a different valuation. You can see all those when I hover over here. Right, So the teal is what a VC would pay. Yellow is what private equity. And red is if you sold the whole thing outright. Now, what's cool about this is this is not built off random data. Again, you guys hear these interviews on YouTube. All these data are built from real-time valuation data points founders share with us on the show. So traction, 1.2 million. Seed round, 3.7 raise. They sold 22% of their business. Go in here and filter by the event. Maybe you only want to see companies that have sold the whole business Well, here are a bunch that have been acquired, the valuation and the multiple. Maybe you're going out right now and you're raising your seed round. Well, go in here and look at all the recent seed deals that went down, what they raised, what valuation they raised at, and what percent that they sold. There's never been a larger data set of SaaS valuations than what you can get now inside of FounderPath, and we're thrilled to bring it to you. All right, we're going to go back to the YouTube video here in a second, but if you want to check this tool out, if you want to jump in and sign up, you can check it out for free to get your valuation at this link, this link, founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations, or if you go to founderpath.com and hover over products, click on get your valuation here and go ahead and sign up to give it a whirl. Again, all that valuation data live right inside the platform. I hope to see you there. All right, let's jump back into the interview. And so did did you return anything to investors or had you run out of cash at that point? Oh, we just ran out of cash. Okay, so you shut the company down. Um, I guess, what did, you mentioned there was an acquisition offer that failed. Um, I guess, help me understand why why that failed. Was it, you know, did the VC that, it looks like Fuel Capital was behind, or Fuel Ventures was behind you guys. Why did it fail? 
I can't really go into that, but uh, it's suffice to say it was just a misalignment of uh, a misalignment of uh, the acquirer and us in their goals for the business and with the capabilities of what the platform could do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, the opportunity cost is though that, that that you shut it down, right? So it's effectively zero dollar batna for everybody, right? So I guess yeah. um, why not sell it and at least get something out of it, even if your vision is not aligned. Uh, I think the interesting thing I've learned about data management and large infrastructure platforms is when you're an acquiring company, like the build versus buy was several million dollars. Like if a company wants to go build the functionality that we had before, um, you'd be looking at 3.25 to three and a half million US just in hard labor costs and, you know, nine to 12 months. So that was kind of the pitch I gave some people as to say, hey, listen, you want to go build this exact same thing? Uh, why don't you go do that? Like, go do this or sorry, buy us instead of that. And what I continually found was, well, we can do it better, faster, cheaper. Um, you know, the CTO usually saying that or somebody in the technology group saying that to the large agency that we were talking to, let's say that maybe this this could fit into when my argument was always like, well, I actually built it. So I know the problems associated with this and I couldn't really overcome that hurdle. And like you said, it just becomes opportunity cost at a certain point where you're like, well, am I spending more time to act as my own investment banker or go build something else? Yeah, I mean, these are interesting learnings. I have a very similar oh, story. Yeah. I have a very similar. I mean, look, this is the use. This is what happens with most companies. But this is something you launched, I believe, in 2015. So you were working on this. It wasn't like a one year project. I mean, this was like eight years and you look fairly young. So when did you launch the company? How old were you? Uh, when I launched the company, I was it came out of a so I, I ran a management consulting group for a long for a few years I had scaled it up we had a lot of problems with getting data in to do analysis which and I couldn't find a product that actually worked well so I started strategy box um we it was a seven-year slog and I think the biggest learning for me was I at the end of the day also just really didn't enjoy it it wasn't a strength of mine uh data management and and we also sold to very large enterprises. We had customers like uh, financial service, publicly traded financial service companies, really large global agencies used us as their kind of client reporting suite. Um, Those are long sales, 12, 18 months from, you know, first touch to actually getting paid, huge thousand step procurement processes. Um, I know it gets headlines. I know it feels sexy to do. I would say to most people, like, you have to have the capital to be able to wait that kind of stuff out. Um, and you have to be built for it and you you really love it. And I just frankly didn't really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine you started feeling this and you're a pit in your stomach and you just tried to ignore it for as long as you possibly could. When did you first feel this pit in your stomach and do you regret waiting as long as you did to shut it down? Um, <laughs> to be very honest, now looking back on it, it's probably one or two years in. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little voice inside my head that said, don't keep doing it. Like, you know, basically like, I would ask myself in a tough moment, keep doing this. And I would hear a voice and it said, no. And I didn't have, and you have to forgive yourself. You were doing the best that you could at that moment with the tools you had available to you emotionally and professionally. I didn't have, frankly, the courage to go, no, this isn't working very well. Mm-hmm. Um, even our uh, raising money, we actually closed around a round of funding with fuel at the start of the pandemic. Um, and we actually received, it was, Hell, hell, just to even get the money, uh, like just actually physically transferring the money during a global pandemic was hard. Um, and we started to scale. We were building. We had we built an amazing. What I came what out of what was that. revenue at its peak? Monthly revenue at its peak. 
monthly revenue at its peak was uh, Forty five nine hundred K. We had nine hundred we had close to nine hundred K in ARR. So okay, like eighty thousand a month, something like that. Yeah. 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 We and we were the problem and the thing that was the struggle. I think the biggest struggle emotionally was we were always very close to cash flow positive. Um and I didn't run the business. I didn't run the business like the traditional let's spend all the money as fast as possible. I really wanted it to be a profitable, uh profitable company because I knew that that would help us in subsequent funding rounds. Um, sorry, there's a guy walking by here. Um, and that was probably the thing that took the greatest emotional toil on, toll on me was I was always so close to it being cash flow positive. Um, and we always just seemed to miss it. Some deal wouldn't close. Uh, we'd have non-payment by customers. We had, um, you know, things take a lot longer than we thought. Aaron, and, I mean, if you're going in 2015 and you feel that pit in your stomach two years in 2016, 2017, you then go to a C round in 2019 pre-pandemic and the 2 million round of fuel. Oh, no, sorry, that was, uh, no, we just, we only ever did a, or sorry, you said seed round. I thought you said C round. Yeah, seed, 2 million yeah. seed fuel ventures at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, at 2022, that's three years after you felt that pit in your stomach, you're able to effectively force your way through getting that round done anyway. But it also like drastically reduced all of your optionality to sell the company and you control the sale at even just like a 1x multiple, which would have been like a million bucks or something. So why did you decide to go like force your way through a round knowing you weren't like really interested in the business instead of just selling it then and cutting your losses? Um, pride before the fall. Like I would just say it's pride and ego. Like it's really just a question of you're not listening to your intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, um, Hey, I can see success. Ar- I can see success around the corner. Um, and so it feels close. Uh, but what I realized was because I was not inherently enjoying the day to day, that was always going to be there. That was always going to be every around. entrepreneur always feels like tomorrow is going to be the day we hit the metric. Yeah. And so I, and my biggest, well, my two biggest learnings out of the whole experience were you have to do something where you're enjoying the process day to day because like life's short and it doesn't matter if you earn 150K a year or you earn 150 million. If you're miserable, it's like get out of it. And the second thing would be specifically in that company, this was an enterprise soft, enterprise SaaS play. And that meant I should have raised a lot more capital in our seed round and then any subsequent funding rounds just to have the cushion of, hey, it takes us six months, 12 months, 18 months to get a customer. Mm-hmm. Like you got to plan for that. Yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Look, you have all those lessons now. You're at DAS. Now, did you wipe the cap table or do you give your fuel folks equity in the new business? Uh, no, this is an entirely separate business. It's uh, There's no intellectual property share. There's no, they're just totally separate things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuel's game is early stage, uh, early stage um, pre-seed seed companies in kind of consumer and B and light B2B. Um, and I love the guys there. They're awesome. But yeah, it's just, this is not a fit for them. So Mark Pearson didn't say, listen, you lost 2 million bucks of my money. I'm betting on you. We have a relationship, Aaron. I want that first check in your next business. He never said that? Uh, no, actually it was more, they get, their investors will still get a tax, a, a tax loss, um, because we were part of an investment scheme called EIS, which is in the UK. Um, so their investors will recover 
uh, about half of the money. Um, and really, we're just looking forward to I'm looking forward to working with their portfolio companies and what we do now with DAS. All right, we'll see what happens. In the meantime, though, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, your favorite book. Uh, favorite book would be The Inner Work by Matt Sigletti. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Ooh, uh, Henry Singleton. Number, uh, he's dead, right? Yep. Still, still good. There was a, what was it? The Outsiders, I think I just read. Oh yeah. One of my favorite books. Yeah. It's always, it's one of those books that's not widely talked about. I'm trying to grab it quickly here. Of course I can't find it right when I need it, but it was a very good book. Um, Mm -hmm. all right. Uh, Teledyne in case anyone's curious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, number, a big conglomerate in the 60s and produced incredible value. Yeah, yeah, great returns. Uh, My, no, uh, a guy who is alive would be uh, Ro- um, Roger, I'm forgetting his last name, from uh, started Vista Equity Partners. Uh, Robert Smith. Robert, sorry. Yep. Robert Graves? Robert, Robert Hart. Yeah, Robert Smith, sorry. Yeah, uh, Vista Equity. Uh, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building DAS? Uh, Make, which is kind of like a Zapier. It's a little less well-known, uh, much more flexible, much better to use, much more robust. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, seven to eight. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, part long-term partner, getting married. Awesome. Exciting. Any kids or no? No, not yet. All right. And how old are you? Uh, 39. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Uh, you are complete and whole as is, and you can save a lot of suffering by just accepting that. <laughs> Guys, he had a first company, raised 2 million bucks of equity, learned a lot going through that, shut it down, now focused on das-services.com. It's an AI training company today, but launching a SaaS product with Hub. They call it and DAS Content Manager. They'll do half a million bucks this year, combined revenue streams. Just launched it though eight weeks ago as they look to scale in 2024. We'll see what happens next. Aaron, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you. One more thing before you go. We have a brand new show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central. It's called Shark Tank for SaaS. We call it Deal or Bust. One founder comes on, three hungry buyers. They try and do a deal live, and the founder shares back-end dashboards, their expenses, their revenue, ARPU, CAC, LTV, you name it, they share it. And the buyers try and make a deal live. It is fun to watch every Thursday, 1 p.m. Central. Additionally, remember, these recorded founder interviews go live. We release them here on YouTube every day at 2 p.m. Central. To make sure you don't miss any of that, make sure you click the subscribe button below here on YouTube, the big red button, and then click the little bell notification to make sure you get notifications when we do go live. I wouldn't want you to miss breaking news in the SaaS world, whether it's an acquisition, a big fundraise, a big sale, a big profitability statement, or something else. I don't want you to miss it. Additionally, if you want to take this conversation deeper and further, we have by far the largest private Slack community for B2B SaaS founders. You want to get in there. We've probably talked about your tool if you're running a company or your firm if you're investing. You can go in there and quickly search and see what people are saying. Sign up for that at nathanlacka.com forward slash Slack. In the meantime, I'm hanging out with you here on YouTube. I'll be in the comments for the next 30 minutes. Feel free to let me know what you thought about this episode. And if you enjoyed it, click the thumbs up. We get a lot of haters that are mad at how aggressive I am on these shows, but I do it so that we can all learn. We have to counter those people. We got to push them away. Click the thumbs up below to counter them and know that I appreciate your guys' support. All right, I'll be in the comments. See ya.